Hey, this is Shane from the BC Podcast. Uh, it is August 10th, 2020. The school board meeting just got out, and I wanted to quickly run through some of the notes that I picked up um, so that you'd have an idea what is in this particular board meeting. Uh, first up, the presentation of the school 2020 yearbook happened and it is finally completed and is available they actually have a few extra copies for anyone who wants to pick it up uh, they're calling it a time capsule because right at the end of the year you had covid so they did a little bit of news in the local area about covid so that people that purchased it would have it a part of the school year um, the consent agenda was approved with no big deals. Let's see here. Public comment. We had a comment from Michelle. Uh, she was asking when the teachers can have access to the building again. The answer was that they have been working on an app that will allow self-assessment. This is a requirement by the state in order to make sure that people are safe when they're entering the building. Uh, this app should be in place by next Monday. Uh, Rhonda asked, can we break down students into four team, you know, four, four student teams with a teacher? Uh, one of the board members, I believe it was uh, Dale Thornton said, isn't this a part of our hybrid plan? Uh, Mr. Peterson said, yes, this is a part of like our stage two. Uh, it is still being very fluid in how we're going to break that down. But right now, that is something they are discussing for future date. Let's see here. And lastly, Elise asked, uh, can a student who starts off in one online program switch to the other and the answer from mr peterson was in fact yes they're still working on how they're going to do that they feel that it's important to have it locked down so a student doesn't just keep bouncing back and forth between the two uh programs that way they're not the students not losing out and there's less uh confusion about what credits they've taken in and, and made happen Let's see, moving down my notes here, excuse me. Uh, let's see, uh, board member comments, we had none. Um, the next up that of any significance was the Resolution 7-2020. Mr. Peterson read it out completely. Uh, short version is this is the resolution that gives the school a guideline on how they plan to reopen the school. Uh, they will be posting the information by two weeks prior to the school year starting. That will be on the website, although Mr. Peterson did say that they plan to have information going out as soon as tomorrow. Julie from the board actually did bring up when will this get out, and that was his response. Uh, technology. It was interesting to hear about this. The school currently has just around a thousand laptops that are going to be available for students that are ready to go out the door. Plus they have another 300 more that are, they're looking to get purchased. They're still needing to get the quote. Uh, and this actually gives them the possibility of doing a one-on-one, -on -one, one computer per student and allows the school district to uh, evolve more into that and adapting how the school uh, technology runs. 
There's still a lot of work to be done there, but it is a facet that they are now looking at and being able to do. They are looking at the possibility and are going to actually put out uh, a hire uh, or new, another job for the technology department because of the way things are working. They're going to need more uh, techs available to help students, teachers, and parents with this technology, making sure that they stay running, make sure that if there's an issue that a student can quickly get that resolved. Uh, backing up a bit, I forgot to say they are purchasing more hotspots. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with a hotspot, basically it is a means of getting internet uh via i believe it's cell but it'll be able to put internet in a home that doesn't necessarily have the internet i know this was a big deal for people out in the facebook groups yes if you do not have uh, internet you should contact the school district because they will have the means to get a hotspot into your home so that your student can do online things this is not a gaming thing this is simply a uh, way of getting the student online and doing their school work let's see last thing that they talked about of course the big thing elephant in the room is the levy uh, this is the second time that it looks to be failing uh, they're still holding out that last glimmer of hope that it the numbers may change before it is certified but it's not looking that way last time we had a failed Double fail in a levy was 16 years ago, and it's a rough thing for the teachers and the and the administrators and the board members to handle because, quite frankly, they see it all and they don't know how it's not being communicated out to the public what exactly this levy does. It's a replacement levy. Uh, Mr. Peterson, you can actually hear in the audio talking about the aspect of having people come in and look at the spreadsheet on seeing where the money goes and how it goes. Uh, the levy isn't going to hurt immediately, but it is going to hurt as we look at the future of what's going to be happening there. His biggest concern, he said, was the fact that, and it's not even the levy that he was talking about, his biggest concern was how the school how the state does the numbers for transportation well right now we're not transporting anybody so that number is really going to hurt the school district uh, if you want to know exactly how that does please contact pete peterson he is more than willing to talk to people he's more than willing to explain and to, uh, share what he understands hey talk reach out to me if you have a question and i can go and nag him he's used to me nagging him now and we can do something like a podcast it, and get the information out there so there's a full idea of how this uh how the levies work uh the board wants to work on having more of a positive influence and interaction with the community so if there's a way of getting that to happen they would love to happen all right with that you have after me the full audio so you, that you can hear exactly what was said i know i may have missed something or misinterpreted something hey i'm writing notes as fast as i can sometimes i miss things uh, by all means you can reach out to me shane at 
uh, yokum.net or on Facebook or pick your favorite flavor of communication. I'm usually got it. Um, I will try to have the time points so that you can skip through the uh, boring stuff that may be boring to you so you can get right to what you're interested. Okay, uh, both phones say 630, so um, we'll uh, open this meeting of the Kybe School Board via Zoom, a virtual meeting, um, for the purpose of acting upon the agenda. Um, we'll start by... Uh, Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Okay, uh, looks like our first delegation, our first order of business is the delegations, Mr. Peterson. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to be able to have a Zoom board meeting and actually be able to do a delegation. Um, easier said than done, but um, I got an email a couple weeks ago from one of our high school teachers, Jennifer Gilliland, and uh, I'm gonna invite Jennifer to, uh, she doesn't need to get up and come to the podium or anything, but it, she can uh, talk to us a little bit and present the yearbook uh, for the 2019-2020 for the, uh, school year. Jennifer, it's all yours. Well, we had a little delay in printing because they were forced to shut down the plant in Utah, but without further ado, here is the yearbook. I think the kids did a beautiful job. Mm -hmm. We tried really hard to get spring sports in there. I think there was literally, what, two weeks of sports? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we got some. Uh, they get uh, a little free little uh, pamphlet that they can put in. It's all about the coronavirus. Because at this point, this yearbook is a time capsule. Mm -hmm. We actually did, um, because we were short a couple of pages, we did our own local coronavirus coverage as well. So um, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to hand this off to Pete. Okay. Let's see here. There you go, Pete. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. This is this yearbook. Uh, I have had a chance to go through it and it really, it, for the times that we, that we're going through the kids in the, the staff did a marvelous job. I, I can't say enough about it. Um, you know, the artwork uh, for the covers, great. You know, it, it really is a, it's a great yearbook. And I think it's a testament to Jennifer's hard work and the, the hard work the kids put into it. Uh, regardless of the outcome, I know it's going to be a memorable year for that group, but they're going to have a memorable yearbook as well. So, uh, yeah, that's a total time capsule there. We did get uh, 25 extra copies as a gift from the plant because we waited. So um, we hopefully we'll have some extra copies for people to buy if they want to. So and if you guys want to buy one, then go for it. <laughs> Thank you. You bet. I imagine we may have to keep those extras under lock and key. Uh, some folks might want them as souvenirs. 
So, Mr. Thornton, that's that's all the delegations I have. But I want to thank Jennifer and everyone associated with our class for for being able to be here tonight. Well, you know, I wanted to make a point of thanking her for uh, the effort to buy them for all the seniors and and let everybody have the opportunity to support the seniors by purchasing for them. I thought that was a great, uh, you know, just a great effort and a, a good uh, all-around token of appreciation. Very much so. Yep. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Isaac's really excited to go get his next week. <laughs> okay, well then we'll move on to the, the consent agenda. Um, it's relatively short. So uh, uh, is there any questions or discussion? Pete, I just had one question on the um, forecast five analytics. Yes. Um, I just couldn't remember what that was. Site license for something. Uh, the forecast analytics um, is a company that we utilize and they are, for lack of a better term, it's a system data analysis group. And so the way that we found out about it was through uh, Kim Scott's office and the, the things that they were able to do in revenue forecasting and, and things like that. But it also um, is going to be very applicable to actual student assessment data and able to do comparisons between districts and things like things like that. Um, you know, we had tentatively been working toward having some trainings uh, last spring to bring some folks, quite frankly, uh, up to speed, but, you know, up to speed for the people that had even seen it, which was just a handful of us. Um, you know, I'm hoping that eventually this is going to turn into a learning tool for staff. Um, it's got some really good information that we can we can collate and get out. So... Um, it's very valuable, and I know that that Kim's been ecstatic with the, the with the types of of charts and presentations she's able to pull on the finance side. But it, the you know the superintendent and me really looks at the instructional stuff and goes, "That's really cool." So that's short short or long answer to a short question. The other thing I just thought I'd mention, I was really happy to see in the vouchers that the removal of that um, portable ramp and trailer. Really yeah. good to see that. <laughs> yeah, always nice to give stuff back. Services is that for for coming back? Yeah. Sound is bad, Clark. Yeah, okay. Clark may have to translate through the chat or something. Okay. <laughs> you can't hear me at all. Only in a weird robot sort of way. Okay. Clark, did you try the cell phone call-in number? Uh, no, I haven't. Where is it? That the uh, okay. Zip chat. That was better. 
Yes. You had a good, maybe you held your head right there. Are we okay? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Nursing services. Is yes. that is that is that for next next quarter next half year that we're paying for? It's it's in the, it's in the thing is is not, I was just wondering if it's, if it was for the past quarter or if it's for the future quarter or if it's for the future year. Um, I let's see here. I would I would like to say it's for the last quarter or last half of the year, but Kim would be the best one to answer okay. that. Yes, it is. It's to wrap up the past year. That's a wrap up. That should be our final billing. Okay. I, I was just curious why we paid if we didn't have anybody in school. Uh, contracted services. If we have con if we have contracted services and we're paying for it anyway, why don't we have why don't we just have our own nurse? save anything right well maybe we do save something i just usually when you contract something usually when you have a contractor you don't have to pay when you don't need it that's all so i i don't see that services were rendered yeah and that's clark that's a that's a good point like that's something definitely that i can address towards the superintendent of the esd when the time comes You know, Clark, you might shut off your video and be able to use that bandwidth for sound. I don't know if that'll help, but it's worth a try. I'll try. There isn't too much more I have to talk about anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other discussion on the consent agenda? So I'll entertain a motion. I move to approve the consent agenda. I'll second. Okay, it's been moved and approved. I'll start off with an aye. 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 Okay, a motion is approved unanimously. All right, we'll move on to public comments. Uh, it appears we have two or three. Yep. And I'll go ahead and read these. Um, and then uh, Dale, if you'd like to, you can, you can ask the board for a reaction or you can defer to me, whichever one all of you feel like at the point. So I'm gonna start with a comment, a pretty simple, uh, one sentence comment or two sentence comment is just that um, this is from Michelle Bragg, who's our three through five resource room teacher. And she was just wondering when teachers are going to be able to access the buildings again. It's hard to plan without access to the materials. And I've got an answer for that if, if uh, anybody wants it. Fire away. Okay. Um, the plan is at this point, we, one of the things that we have to have as a part of our coronavirus protocol is a way to self-assess our employees before they come in. So I met with uh, IT today. Um, Tori Monday has developed an app 
which is a very quick and easy, it's seven questions all on one page and you simply hit yes or no. Ideally, you're gonna say, no, I have none of these symptoms. And what that will then do is say that you have self-assessed that you're not virus-free, but you're symptom-free and then you have free access to the building. We'll roll that out to the staff this week and hopefully on Monday, then um, obviously with some protocols in place to uh, make sure that we're not going over numbers in any common areas or anything like that, but we would then allow teachers access to their rooms so they can get going. And that's, by the way, that self-assessment is going to go to all staff regardless of uh, position in the district. It's a it's a mandate from the state. So this is just the quickest and easiest way to do it. You can even do it from your phone. Uh, second comment. Hang on, Pete. Oh, Pete. go ahead. So, so the answer was next Monday? That's next, what I was yeah. Again, long answer, too short question. Assuming everything goes as planned with the app, yes, Monday teachers should That's be second. able to simply log in, click the button, and we'll get notice that they're coming in. Perfect. Okay, second comment uh, comes from, I believe this is a parent. Her name is Rhonda Tannenen. Uh, her, her statement reads, just a quick thought before the school board meeting, would it not work to decide each, or divide, I believe is what she meant to say, but divide each class into five or four groups, then each group would come to school one day a week for instruction, then finish assignments the remainder of the time. Kids would benefit from small classes, um, probably even as much as they did with the huge classes five days a week. And this is a lot more schooling than our children, more schooling than our children got last spring at the beginning of COVID. And she, she says, thanks for consideration. Uh, um, I would say that's pretty much the description of our hybrid plan, uh, step two, correct? Uh, maybe not exactly, but but along that lines. Yeah, and I think, too, what she's describing is the idea that um, you could conceivably get kids in a in a uh, in a situation where there's four students and a teacher um, and potentially get some instruction done that way. And I certainly I don't disagree with it. Um, I think our main point is that that's probably just another kind of like the governor has done with our phases. There's a 1.5. This might be a an A.5 or something in between A and B of a, a way that we could start introducing kids back in. Um, I'm fairly committed, though, to making sure that we get our get our ducks in a row first um, across the board with our with our online stuff making sure we have that all prepped and ready and then makes, like I said, at the special meeting, make some decisions about the, about the uh, potential for bringing live students in. The other consideration, of course, is that's, that would again need to be uh, cleared because of our 1.5 status through our health department as well as through our insurance pool. So um, a very valid idea though, absolutely. Okay. Any questions? 
Okay, in this one, I'm going to read. It's a little bit longer, but that's okay. Um, and this comes to us from Elise Pivovarnik from the high school. And she writes that my concerns are regarding equity surrounding crediting. If this is something we will reevaluate at the quarter, if a student did choose to go online, would they revert to an in-person class? Should we return to school at the quarter or even before? Or will they be scheduled for six periods of online and allowed to continue until the semester in all online courses? If they are allowed to continue with online, this could cause overload in online classes and fewer, fewer students in online section or in in-person sections. Next, furthermore, typically we place students in one online class at a time for credit retrieval. Would that remain the same process? We find students get overwhelmed and spread too thin if we put them in more than one class at a time, ultimately resulting in not finishing a single class. I'm concerned these students in online will either A, if they're overachievers, have the ability to gain way more credits than someone who chooses to remain with a teacher teaching virtually, or B, if they decide to do online without knowing what to expect, struggle and fa fall behind even further in credits. Well, I guess I'm going to defer that one to you and what your opinion is. Yeah, I would say, um, first off, they're very valid points. Um, and I think the big, one of the bigger questions or, or things to be considerate of is just the, the difference between taking a full schedule and trying to do a credit retrieval course online at the same time versus trying to do two, three four classes for original credit um, online. Some differences there, um, but certainly that's something that in our conversations with administration and then ultimately teachers, some things that we'll have to address both through scheduling and through making sure that kids are, are very well aware of the expectations for any of our online courses at any level. Uh, regardless of what the format is that we use. And that's just going to be a matter of uh, proper communication between staff, parents, and students as to what those expectations are. But again, like I said, Elise, it brings up very valid, um, very much uh, valid high school crediting questions, which of course, that just opens a whole uh, another bag of fun, quite frankly, if if uh, what we hear about lack of waivers or potential for waivers later in the dis later in the school year starts. But that's that's something I can't even begin to address at this point. But um, I do know that that's something that I spoke to Clay earlier about. And it, it is at the forefront of his planning and his his uh, ideas are good. And uh, we're having a administrative planning session tomorrow morning at 9.15 to start to start working through some of these details. I guess uh, the other that goes to the other question of if somebody chooses a path and they find out it's not working for them, well, they aren't going to be stuck in that path, are they? If they choose or the, will they be able to change from a, you know, from an online to a others type or I, I don't know and the short answer is yes um, you know originally in our in our first stage our, our 
stage A is that, you know, we're, we're offering students the opportunities between a, a virtual distant learning with our staff, our curriculum and such, and then a full online option, most likely through Apex at the secondary level. Um, it's not something that, that we want kids just willy-nilly going back and forth, but um, when you think about it strictly from a high school standpoint, you know, you get past the first, basically the first two weeks of school and your schedule is locked for the entire semester. Um, that's just the way things work. Um, in this case, my recommendation uh, during our special meeting was to lock kids in to a max of one quarter. So nine weeks before we, we would then look at making a shift to another environment um, or another phase, depending on where we're at with uh, COVID-19. So short answer is yes, Dale, we're going to be able to allow some movement, but it's going to have to be planned so that, um, you know, as Elise said, nobody, nobody gets overwhelmed in either one of the plans, but we still manage to be in a position where we can save credit um, if something just isn't working for them. I imagine there, uh, you know, different technologies will, will uh, appeal to different students and different learners. Correct. Heidi, do we have anything else come in? No. Okay. Um, I think that answers our questions. Uh, we'll move on to board comments. Any comments? Okay, then uh, we'll move on to new business. Uh, the first we have uh, the meeting minutes from uh, July 27th, we'll uh, offer them for approval. Um, do I hear a motion? I move to approve the minutes from July 27th. I'll second. Okay, we've been moved and approved. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 That motion passes. We'll move on to a moving uh, or approving the minutes from our special meeting, uh, eight five. Do I hear a motion? I move to approve the minutes from eight five. Okay, those meeting minutes have been moved and approved. Uh, do I hear a vote? Aye. 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 Okay, those those meeting minutes also passed. So we'll move on to uh, our district reopening plan, resolution 7-2020. Yes, thank you, Dale. Um, as I said it, at the end of our special meeting, um, though you gave uh, specific approval to the plan as it was outlined, um, there is a necessity for an actual adoption of a board resolution. And uh, if you'll bear with me for the folks who don't have it in front of them, um, I'll go ahead and read it. Um, this is board resolution number 7-2020 district reopening plan. 
whereas Chapter 28A.320 RCW allows local school boards to govern their respective districts, including the promotion of effective, efficient, and safe district operations. And RCW 28A.330.100 authorizes local school boards with additional powers. And RCW 28A.150.230 assigns local school boards the responsibility for ensuring quality in the content and extent of its educational program. Whereas on February 29th, 2020, Washington Governor Jay Inslee declared a state of emergency in all counties in our state under chapters 38.08, 38.52, and 43.06 RCW, and directed the implementation of the plans and procedures of the state's comprehensive emergency management plan in response to the novel coronavirus, COVID-19. And on March 13th, 2020, Governor Inslee ordered the closure of all public and private K-12 schools in Washington State until April 24th, 2020, to contain the spread of COVID-19. And on April 6th, 2020, directed that school buildings remain closed for the for from providing traditional in-person instruction throughout the remainder of the 19-2020 school year. Whereas RCW 28A.150.290 authorizes the state superintendent of public construction to make rules and regulations as necessary to carry out the proper administration of its statutory duties in unforeseen conditions. And on June 11th of 2020, the Office of the Superintendent of Public Instruction issued official guidance for reopening Washington schools for the 2020-21 school year, which included sections on health and safety from the Department of Health and Department of Labor and Industries, specifying employee and student safety requirements for reopening schools during the COVID-19 pandemic and requiring school boards to adopt and submit reopening plans for the 2020-21 school year. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the Kiona Benton City School Board Public Schools, the board, has reviewed and hereby adopted its reopening plan for the 2020-21 school year, which addresses the mandatory health requirements statutory education requirements and additional expectations as identified by the Office of the Superintendent of Public Instructions, June 11, 2020 official guidance for reopening Washington schools. Be it further resolved that the board directs that the plan be posted on the district's website a minimum of two weeks prior to the opening of school. The board recognizes that the circumstances related to reopening schools safety are mutable and the reopening plan requires monitoring and possible revision. Therefore, the district superintendent will monitor the reopening plan throughout the 2020-21 school year. And the district will revise and update the reopening plan as needed. Be it further resolved, that execution of this resolution is conclusive evidence of the board's approval of this action and of the authority granted herein. The board warrants that it has, and at the time of this action had, full power and lawful authority to adopt this instrument. This resolution pertains exclusively to the 2020-21 school year and sunsets no later than that time. And with that, uh, that's a resolution that's before the board. And I certainly, of course, would entertain any questions or anything like that before we ask for a roll call vote. I guess my question is, um, you know, when can we get the information out to, our, to the community? What do you anticipate? I know we have two, we have a minimum, or it has to be on there two weeks before school starts, but um, I'd like it out as soon as I it can get there, so. 
No, I, I, in my initial reaction to that is that I've already drafted a uh, initial statement to the community. And, and quite frankly, I think there are going to be some even revisions done to that after my meeting with administrators tomorrow. But the short answer is there's going to be some posted information as well as uh, use of our automatic uh, email and, and uh, automatic calling service going out tomorrow. Great. Any other questions or discussion? Well, do we have a motion and a second? I move to approve the board resolution number seven, 2020, the district reopening plan for the 2021 school year. A second. Okay, we have a motion before the board and we have a second. Um, we'll go by a roll call vote. I'll lead off. Aye. Mrs. Reinschmidt? Aye. Mrs. Bryan? Aye. Mr. Johnson? Aye. Mr. Carlson? Aye. Okay, the motion passes. We will go forward with our uh, reopening plan then. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing it myself. <laughs> yeah, one that doesn't say draft on the top, I understand. Okay, well, we'll move on to a technology update. Yes, thank you, Dale. Um, the purpose behind this agenda item is primarily, I had received questions from, from specific board members, just for an update around where we're at uh, with our technology. And one of the things I'd been working on with David is trying to make sure that we have a current up-to-date inventory of all the, the student accessible um, laptops in the district. And so, uh, the initial count that um, that David was able to provide to me was well over 600 that we currently have in stock, uh, formatted, ready to go, ready for handout. Um, that does not include, though, the 325 that we purchased. So uh, those are all new computers that the board authorized us to purchase uh, towards the end of last spring. And they've all been received. They've been, well, whatever, all the good stuff that IT does with new, new computers. Um, those have all been formatted and those also are ready to go. So right now our count is right at around a thousand computers that we have ready. Um, in addition to that, um, I spoke with David today during our IT meeting and there are some scenarios where we're going to be in the need of more than then just the garden variety student laptop, uh, some laptops that are going to be able to use, be used for instance um, in Jennifer Gilliland's class or uh, someplace that needs a higher amount of power to be able to run the programs necessary, the things like you know Photoshop and the, the publishing software that we use as well as for some CTE. Um, so he's going ahead and making that purchase those will account for another hundred uh, computers. 
And I've asked him uh, one more time to give us one more, one more quote um, as to not a, not a purchase. Obviously, that would, I would be coming before you and asking permission before we ever did that. But at least a quote to look at what the cost would be for an additional 300 student level computers. At, at that point, we're, we're well over 1,300 computers, and for all intents and purposes, we have the, the ability, uh, not necessarily all the infrastructure yet and everything goes with it, but certainly the ability to move forward uh, with a one-to-one -one concept, um, which if you had asked me this uh, a year ago at this time, I would have said it's not possible within a year for us to get to that point. Um, David's done a, a wonderful job of, of wheeling and dealing and getting us some good deals and uh, making sure that, that his staff is able to, to do what's necessary to get them turned around in a quick manner. So I think at some point soon, whether it's the next meeting or not, but uh, we're going to need to address the idea of what it means to be a one-to-one -one school system. Um, because it's not as simple as, as giving everybody a computer and saying, okay, kids, go at it. Um, there obviously are some differences with regards to then shifting away from, from standard, standardized computer labs with desktop computers, if every kid has one. Um, those are the types of uh, details and deeper discussions that obviously we're going to have to have a report from David on as to what that means. But... I think the hardest part, it seems like whenever you're looking at something like this is always going to be dollars and cents and where are we at with those dollars and cents. Um, if, if it looks, if the quote that we're able to return looks, looks good and is in line with um, our current financial situation, we'll be able to, to say, yes, we have the capacity to go to a one-to-one -one um, certainly not that we're moving one-to-one -one necessarily overnight, not by any stretch, um, but that we have the capacity to do so within our infrastructure. So, you know, with that, uh, we're also purchasing um, some hotspots uh, to be able to give to students who uh, simply don't have internet access and are unable to access internet. I know that there are several several providers there that are, you know, they're advertising free internet. Of course, there's always some kind of a string attached, usually in the format of you get three months free and then you start paying for it after that. So um, the other thing to consider is that a single, a single hotspot is, is good enough for a single student and a single student to access. Uh, putting a single hotspot and a computer in a home doesn't mean you can run four computers and three iPhones off of the same hotspot. There's simply not enough bandwidth. So um, in the, in the week to come, you know, we're going to be working very hard to make sure that we have a good sense of how many of our families need what options and then go around and, and do what we have to do to get them the, the things to make things work. And I'm certainly open to any questions. And, and if you have any specific questions, technically, um, I would invite David to go ahead and press his unmute button if, if that's the case, but I'll give it a shot anyway. I guess my first question is who's gonna help David because 
administering all these computers, making sure the securities are updated, people aren't going and searching porn. He's going to need some help. Yep, absolutely. In fact, um, just today he submitted a draft um, of a posting that we're hoping to get out this week. Um, well, frankly, we will get it out this week. I think the biggest question is the total number of hours uh, because we're going to need more support. We're going to need more support for our teachers. We're going to need more support for our students and families. Um, and this is, at least for the time being, a temporary position for the 2021 school year that we're able to, to utilize through some COVID relief funding. Um, that along with hopefully those computers I spoke of earlier. But um, the one thing that we need to be able to do is when a family uh, has a problem with a computer, we can't wait uh, one day, two days, three days before we get a message and get a response to them because... Um, as I alluded to, um, you know, we're, we, we need to keep our kids engaged and we need to keep our families engaged and make sure that we're providing them with the tools necessary to do that. And a week worth of turnaround is not going to do it. We're going to lose, we're going to lose interest by families and the interest of kids if we're doing that. So we want to have the ability to, to get a hotline going and get some immediate support for whether it be students or staff for that matter. We're also going to have to give them a, a easy contact info or a, a way to check in and and if they have to drop off something and pick up something new. I mean, you know, things get dropped, things break, things don't start up. Yeah, yeah, and I would go so far as to say that you know we we originally were looking at this as potentially a part time position. Um, I. In discussions today with the entire team, I, I have a feeling it may may go to a full-time position. And quite frankly, depending on the demand and the needs, it may go even beyond that. Um, so obviously, as a system, not just an IT system, but a full system, we're going to have to be rethinking how we're, how we're taking care of kids and staff and their computers and everything else. Yep, it's a good goal but it, there's a lot of work to get there. There really is. And I think I've said this in, in a couple of different board meetings, you know, if we were simply to be asked these types of questions and whether or not it's feasible uh, for us, say a year ago to try and put something into place, we'd probably be looking at a two to three year plan to try and make some of these things happen. Um, if nothing else, this has given us the impetus to absolutely get the ball not just rolling but <laughs> rolling really fast and moving quickly towards these outcomes and i know as i've said before there are going to be bumps in the road that's to be expected um the key is i, I in my opinion the key is not necessarily having an immediate fix but at least an immediate acknowledgement that oh yeah yep you've got a problem we've got to get it taken care of and this is how we're going to do it. um that that acknowledgement of empathy and support, I think, is going to be a really key thing for all of us um, in the coming months. Um, you know, there are going to be teachers who get frustrated. There are going to be kids and parents who get frustrated. And I think the best thing that we can do as a system is understand that they're going to get frustrated and and try to put the things in place that we we can immediately at least acknowledge it and then and then get a, get it taken care of as soon as possible. 
Well, I wish David good luck. Well, you're going to, that's really going to everybody on that one. I mean, uh, if it comes right down to it, if, if it's between me and a, a parent getting a phone call, that says we got a message. We're going to do it that way too. I mean, it really is going to behoove every staff member at any, any particular position in the district to understand that um, this is going to be very much a service oriented, uh, a service oriented time in education. And it's not something we've ever been through before, but it's going to be, it's going to be necessary. I, I don't think it would be past us to find a couple or some bright high school students that want to volunteer for assistance. It sure wouldn't hurt. Always looking for good interns and internship opportunities. Is there any other questions? I have a question, Pete, and it's probably way too early in the game. <laughs> but for a kid saying, take for instance, art or woodshop, how, I mean, if, if a teacher assigns a, an art project, is there going to be an available pickup for those materials needed for that assignment? Does, I mean, I was talking to another parent and her kid has art and she's like, I don't even own a paintbrush. So I don't know how my son's going to do an art class when they come to, you know, that part of art. So I'm just curious if that's been discussed at all and, and how that's going to work. I mean, obviously we're not going to loan out a drill press to a child, but in, in the wood shop, but uh, you know, some, some things I assume we're going to have to make those kinds of, you know, things work and have pickup dates for that kind of stuff or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, the short answer is yes. We've had preliminary discussions, but I, I have no problem in saying it's not been with any particular staff member. It's been more conversations at the 30,000 foot level of, hey, you know, other districts, what are you guys kind of planning for things like this? Because it's not it's not going to be something that is solely our problem. We're going to have these types of, of decisions being made across every school district in our region. Mm -hmm. And I can absolutely see a case where we're providing the tools necessary uh, for our curriculum, whether that be an art project, whether it be a take-home science experiment, sure. um, whether it be any, anything that's that hands-on, um, we're going to have to do some thinking outside the box. Um, I, was, I was sharing with... Um, might even have been this group at one point. I forget. I have so many Zoom meetings. Um, <laughs> I know of a CTE director in another district who had an on who took over an online welding class. I've got loads of questions for that individual, and I've sent her several emails because I want to know how you do an online welding class. Um, a, it sounds cool, but you know, just the logistics of those types of things. Um, they don't impact the old English teacher brain I've got going, you know? Um, so I've, I've got some feelers out to some folks. How are they planning on thinking outside the box? You know, and with regards to that, we, we have a new uh, person who's contracted through the ESD, who's going to be in charge of CTE, uh, who understands it, was a CTE teacher for, for several years in, in a, a neighboring school district. And I know that he has a lot of thoughts on these types of, of issues. Um, 
he's he's just transitioning from being on a farm to back in the classroom and being back in charge of folks. So there's going to be some opportunities, like I said, to really press the envelope as far as things like this go. Any other comment or question? So, okay. um, sorry, sorry, Dale. I just thought of one. So Pete, you mentioned that we'll um, be using some of the COVID-19 um, relief fund for this. Um, is that the CARES Act? Or, and do we already know how much we'll be receiving for that? Um, I would want to say we know how much we're supposed to receive for that. Um, uh, and I would, I would defer to Kim, but I know that there's been more than a couple snafus as far as um, actual release of the dollars. I know the legislature, or the, excuse me, I believe the governor released some money to OSPI additional funding just as recently as uh, late last week uh, to supplement some of the online PD options that were happening around the state. So um, I, I can't say for sure. Um, I know it's it's in the at least a couple of hundred of thousands of dollars, and and to be honest with you, depending on on what the issue is, that's not going to go a long ways, but it's going to going to help to reimburse for some of the costs, especially from our PPE, our cleaning materials, and quite frankly, some of our computers and parts of a couple salaries, hopefully, to get us through. It's always the game, isn't it? <laughs> like we never, <laughs> yeah. nothing comes concrete and it's oh. just frustrating. Yep, I agree. Okay, if, if we don't hear any more, we'll move on to last but not least, the levy update. Yeah, I, I wanted to take a moment um, just to give the board an update of where we're at with our, our levy election that occurred last Tuesday. Um, as of this, this moment in time, um, our, our approval numbers have risen, um, kind of at almost to, the, to exactly what I was referred to when I sent my original email on the evening of the 4th. Um, we're up to 49.1% of passing, and the numbers are, are fairly impressive from the standpoint of the number of voters. Um, we have, at, at this point, we have 1,398 approvals, and we have 1,449 who are not approving. So, you know, we're, we're, we've closed the gap from from I believe it was 98 uh, votes on election night. We're down to 51 for passage with several thousand still to be counted. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily hold a whole lot of hope it's simply because you know, when you're looking at any, you, know, you grab any section of an overall vote, the trends don't sway typically that much. So if you figure in a week, we've been able to come up 3%, um, or, or a little more than 3%, um, you know, is there zero hope? No, it, we've got some, but we're, our election is on life support. That's for sure. From a standpoint of approval, um, 
I've had several emails uh, sent to me, you know, what does this mean? Are we cutting this? Are we cutting that? And my simple answer at this point has been, we're putting off any discussions about any potential ramifications from that levy until certification happens. Um, in the off chance, we are able to you know, pull a rabbit out of a hat. But at the same time, uh, our particular time and place, our predicament is, um, is going to have an impact on us. Um, I, I responded to an email about, does this mean that we're cutting sports? Well, at this point, there are no sports to cut. Um, you know, we're, we're basically shut down at the moment. So um, I think the, the biggest concern, quite frankly, uh, moving forward with, from a financial standpoint as to what dollars we were expecting to come in, and that's not necessarily levy related, um, is it that at this point, the legislature is not going to address any changes to our transportation formula. And so unless we can figure out a, a quite frankly, a, a good way to be transporting kids to something, um, our three-year average for that transportation formula is going to start decreasing significantly because you get a significant number of days of zero ridership, and that takes a big hit on your average very quickly. Um, so no, I, when we talk about the potential for levy impact, um, I was very adamant, um, when we started the budgetary process and I, I know that I relayed this to the board, both in public session and in executive session that whatever situation we're in, um, we needed to uh, try and address as much upfront as possible, um, with either not bringing back staff who uh, had retired, moved on doing other things um, and wait and see what happens there as well as a, as a couple uh, cuts that were painful, quite frankly, but quite necessary to the point where uh, this coming year, um, you know, we're pretty set with, with the direction that we're going short of the things that are unknown at the time uh, as of right now. Um, you know, moving past our short term and into our long term, I think is where we have to pay some careful attention as well as start tomorrow or the day after certification and say, what is it going to take for us to, uh, convince our community that these levy dollars are not fluff, that they're a, <coughs> a very important part of our, our basic edu education plan, no matter what the legislature says about fully funding education, we all know that they're not. Um, the things that we as parents uh, who enroll our kids into any public school expect as part of our kids' education is not fully funded. And so there needs to be some way to address that. Um, I've got some, some feelers out <clears throat> and a meeting with a former superintendent uh, who went through one of the a situation very similar to this in one of our <coughs> league league schools, and I'm uh, going to pick his brain for for some ideas. I also would want to to say to the to the board and to anyone who's listening, you know, we haven't had a double levy failure across the region 
in at least 16 years that we're aware of, and I have asked all the, the superintendents locally, and in fact, even statewide, um, in 2008, I believe there were a couple, but um, our statewide results uh, showed a total of five, including us, who went through a double levy failure. Um, that's unprecedented. And you can rest assured that of the <clears throat> eight other school districts who failed for their educational programming and operations levy, there are three of those or four of those, I guess, that are going to go out again in November um, to try and pick that back up. And that is not a that is not a good <clears throat> time to be going out for any type of, of decision around a potential tax or uh, whether it's a replacement tax or an increase, it's, it's going to be tough. And so, you know, we're, we're definitely not alone in dealing with some of the, the larger issues that quite frankly, the pandemic has brought on as well as the financial uncertainty that many folks are facing. Um, so I would say, you know, with regards to, to Julie and her leadership of the levy committee, I think shortly after that final certification, we need to have at least one final meeting of that particular group to start setting a plan forward. Um, the next time that uh, the district can go out and request would be a, 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 a levy election scheduled for February 9th of 2021. So, as you know, by statute, we can't ask more than than twice during any <clears throat> um, during any calendar year. So that's our next opportunity. And I think the real question isn't isn't if we're going to go back out. It's a matter of when we go back out and under what circumstances. Because um, um, this this particular election, if 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 my numbers are correct, we had almost double the total number of voters um, turn in their ballots. Um, quite frankly, if, if we had the number of yes votes in February that we had during this election, we would have won in a landslide. Um, so the trick is um, how to consistently get that, that number of, of positive voters out there who understand what the needs are of the district and, and most likely do a better job on my part of communicating those needs to anybody who will listen. I'll just throw out there too, you know, it's, it's such a team effort and I'm so thankful for everyone who pitched in and helped spread the word. Mm -hmm. And I just um, would really encourage everyone to um, just go above and beyond, you know, that whole customer service model, you know, we have, we have some work to do, you know, just mm -hmm. to um, make sure, you know, I remember when I was a young teacher sitting in a all school staff meeting and hearing it's me, it's the teacher that passes the levy. It's, it's every phone call I make, um, every email I send. And so I just think, sorry, <laughs> we need to come together and we need to... Um, just really work on serving our community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So again, obviously this won't be the last time that we have this discussion, but I think um, at an upcoming board meeting after certification, um, 
we'll need to start looking at some plans moving forward, both short-term and long-term, as well as creating some systems to where um, this isn't a surprise for anyone that we ask for these types of dollars on a recurring basis. Um, the Kennewick model that former superintendent Dave Bond uh, put into place from a communication standpoint and an expectation standpoint, quite frankly, are a model that, that is used around the state. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough for a short period of four years to be able to work inside that model and see, see the things that it was able to accomplish because they're, they're quite frankly, um, are things that we don't want to see have to go away that are funded through our levies. And I don't believe that the community truly wants to see them go away either. I think that this is simply a time where um, there's, there's too much uncertainty in the world in general. And uh, as well as doing whatever we can to restore faith in the district as a whole, that, that we're going to be responsible um, stewards of the dollars, quite frankly, and make sure that that's out there. Well, I think our school district is just getting better and better, and it's kind of a shame to, you know, to have them kind of a, a retraction from years past that now it's coming back to haunt us, I believe, in people's opinions, plus the, you know, the the multiple taxing that keeps going yeah. on, and, and so it's just a, a rejection of that model, even though it affects our town more than anything. Correct. And, um, you know, I, I think, too, um, that we need to make sure that, that in the future, when we're, when we're having these types of discussions, uh, whether it be things that seem second nature to just about everybody, whether it's facilities use costs, whether it's transportation costs, whether it's, you know, some of the things that we have always just said, yes, we're going to cover. Now, what does it really mean for the district to have to cover some of those items, to really give our kids those opportunities uh, that, quite frankly, some other districts aren't giving their kids? Um, what do those real, really cost? Um, but not, not simply as me or anyone else, for that matter, being a talking head, but actually invite people in and let them sit down with a, with a spreadsheet, as exciting as that sounds, uh, but let them get their hands on and, and make some notes and, and ask for some clarifications on things. We've got to be much more transparent. Um, as much as I like to think that we're doing as much as we can, of course, there's, there's always more to do. And uh, if we're going to regain the, the support of the majority of uh, the community, then it's, there, there are things that we just have to do, quite frankly. Well, I know, <clears throat> I, I know some of our, uh, you know, activities that go on at the school, and we let the school facilities uh, be used by the, I don't know, different groups for free. Um, that's still a cost, and those are kind of the things that we should account for. And and I appreciate you as a, you know, the superintendent being willing to forego your raise for this year, um, just going on with your 
your standard pay and and giving up any raise just to uh, help our district out. I appreciate that, especially. So anyway, I'll have to, I don't know, I guess we'll have to keep on talking to our neighbors and letting them know that it's the most important thing we can do in our community is to support the schools. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I there was, think, oh, sorry. No, go um, ahead, do it. Oh, I just think the more we can communicate our, with our community on the good things we're doing, like what comes to my mind is character strong and you know, how we're implementing that. And, and just, I, I feel like we need to have a, you know, public re relations, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, real push on that to help restore some of the faith, you know, um, Dan and I, um, the maintenance department, they just did a remarkable job and like, replacing the bell system and, and choosing a model that could be used again, you know, all of those wise decisions, you know, we just need to make sure people hear about them and, and are aware that we are being good stewards and um, taking care of our students. Yep. And, uh, you know, doom and gloom aside, you know, one of the things that I've said from the outset of this, this situation in March is regardless of, of how, whatever the rules are that people are going to put us into or put around us, whether those are educational rules or decrease from the state, whatever, whatever the box is, we're going to work within the box and within the rules. And if, if our community says that, that we have X amount of dollars that is, are in the box that we have to use, then we're going to use them to the best of our ability. Um, I'm not, I'm not afraid of, of us suddenly just hitting a wall and everything is, is uh, like I said, doom and gloom. We're going to make this work. And the only way we're going to make it work, though, is through the quality of our staff that I know we have and continuous positive interactions with, with students, families. We want people to be able to say, you know, with a sense of pride that they came through Cuyahoga Benton City School District. Um, yeah, we had some tough times, but when push came to shove, you know, we trusted that the right things were going to happen. And I know we have the people in place to do it. I think sometimes it just becomes second nature that that's the way things are. And we need to, we need to start making sure that everybody realizes that there are things that happen in our school district that aren't happening in other districts in a po much positive way. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm as guilty as anyone of, of not tooting our own horn. Uh, enough, um, because that's quite simply, it's not my nature to do that. I, but to be able to say that we have the staff in place to be able to accomplish things like that, I absolutely believe that. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, I'm still praying for those 52 votes. <laughs> yes. Do we have any other comments or questions? End with saying that, of course, this will be this was our initial update without certified results, and and we'll have plenty more opportunities. Um, hopefully, one of these meetings soon will actually be able to be in the same room. Soon, yes. Clark, Jacob, any comments, questions? Nope, just disappointed. 
Okay, well, I guess uh, that brings our meeting to an end. We'll call adjournment of the school board meeting and until two weeks from now, we'll do it again. Thank you yep. very much. Yeah, thank you everyone in the audience.